Welcome to the Fit and Fab podcast with Tyra and Kinga. How are you, Kinga? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Tyra? Yes, I'm on the mend. I'm getting better. I've got my tea with me and yeah, I'm all good. We're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's such a lovely day in Manchester today. I've just went for a couple of actually really sunny. We had that here in Ireland yesterday. It was like not a single cloud in the sky. It was blue, blue, blue skies. It was 20 degrees. But today we it's a bit, it's a bit cloudy. It's not cold yet. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that horrible weather to hit. I know. I know. It's just like we've not had the summer, but now mid-September, suddenly it decides to get warm again. It's a bit late to the party, isn't it? Come on now. Okay, so today we've got a very, very, very interesting topic, very close to my heart, actually, which is self-compassion. What is self-compassion? Why do we need self-compassion? Is self-compassion a lazy way to just, you know, treat yourself? Or is it actually the key to being in peace with yourself? Yeah, all... Whenever you say self-compassion, or certainly whenever I talk about it on Instagram, it it sounds a bit like woo-woo, airy-fairy, a bit holistic-y, yoga-y, but actually you don't need to be into that sort of thing to be compassionate towards yourself. And actually, I think we could all be a bit more compassionate to ourselves because we are so quick to beat ourselves down, notice our flaws, be really, really negative towards ourselves, and just be really horrible to ourselves. And it's just actually, I think it goes hand in hand with self-respect. So if you don't want to call it self-compassion, because that sounds a bit woo-woo or it sounds a bit out there, it's actually, to me, self-compassion is the same as self-respect. Yeah, I always have arguments with someone in my DMs. Well, not arguments, discussions. (laughs) Ongoing arguments. (laughs) Discussions um, with people in my DMs. Um, Whenever I post about self-compassion, body neutrality, or how many times have I heard body neutrality is not going to stop your heart attack. Um, You know, Mm self-compassion is just a lazy excuse for people to, you know... Um, have something to blame of not taking action but I think it's actually the opposite like I from agree. my experience it's the opposite I agree I think it's the total opposite and I think it's just about reframing so instead of so the thing you said about oh it's not going to stop you having a heart attack I think if you are exercising or framing it like oh it's not going to stop you having a heart attack you're almost framing it in a way like shaming people to exercise and it's coming from a place of fear and just such a negative space instead of empowerment and making it a choice and like choosing to do it I just think it's so problematic if you're shaming people to do it or almost like having a gun to their head and being like well if you don't do it this is going to happen because I mean, maybe for some people that sort of tough love might work, but for the majority, I think 
we could actually use just being a bit kinder and going what what do you want out of life do you want to live a longer fulfilled life where you can play with your kids without being tired when you can go and enjoy things and just doing things without feeling tired or sore and it's like yeah actually I do want that and in order to have that in the future moving my body now is a pretty good idea and just reframing it from a place of love and compassion is so much better than oh well you might have a heart attack and die if you don't no but have you noticed that it's the same people who are quite happy to have a little sesh on the weekend? Yes. And then it doesn't matter what they put into their bodies, does it? Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to cause a heart attack. That's not that, that that's healthy, right? Because it's no calories in there. Yeah, it's quite funny, and I guess this is why you've got to really just when you consume stuff online have a full picture of what's really going on because like you say someone might be oh I'm just worried for your health that's why I'm telling you to exercise but then smoking and binge drinking on the weekends and it's like "Mm, okay just because you're in a body that maybe looks you know more acceptable whatever we want to call it yeah it, it just it's a weird narrative, isn't it? But then no one will tell them to be healthy when they're, you know, taking drugs and things like that. This is so common. Like I was when I moved from Poland to England, I was co- I was so shocked how common drugs are in the UK. I don't oh. know, maybe they are in Poland as well. I think they probably are now, but I, I don't know. When I came, I was 21, so I wasn't quite <laughs> into that stuff really. Yeah. Um so I was shocked by how like accessible and easy and like how pretty much most people do it or have done it in their lives. And no one talks about that. No one said like they would just applaud each other for having, I don't know, whatever they have on weekends. But then if you almost about like acceptance then. What do you think? Is it because when you're going out drinking, doing that, you're normally part of a group and it's about acceptance. Whereas when you're in a bigger body or in a larger body you're almost like oh it's just so horrible but you are not shunned but you're almost isolated a little bit isolated yeah that's the word I was looking for yeah yeah I think so it's kind of like no one you can do anything you want as long as you don't have too much body fat but then too much body fat is a diff- like it differs <laughs> whoever you are who will have a different answer what does it actually mean but mm. yeah so it's fine to do you know to drink binge drink it's fine to do drugs no one will tell you oh you're just young just the students aren't you it's fine it's mm. okay no problem but then if you have a mcdonald's and you're in a bigger body <laughs> like oh that's that like, is are you 30 really- like i'm shocked you're still alive are you walking That is a very interesting topic in itself. So I think that people are perceived differently. So they could be doing the exact same thing, but depending on their size, they're perceived differently like society. So if you say you saw someone on Instagram and they were in a more, let's call it like 
fitness body say they've got a six pack and there's you know it's the cute photo of them eating a slice of pizza people look at that and they perceive it as oh wow look she's practicing balance and moderation and she's got it all and 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 healthy whereas a picture of someone doing the exact same thing in a larger body and it's like gluttonous lazy unhealthy but it's the same thing they're doing the same thing and we're so quick to judge even even more interestingly um imagine if a person in a smaller body said they've spent the whole day in bed and then a person in a larger body said, oh, I've not left the house today because I just, you know, just fancy the day in bed, whatever. What would you, would you do you know what I mean? What yeah. would you think? Oh, oh, she never moves. She never, you know what I mean? All those negative comments. Whereas in a person in a smaller body would say that. It's like, oh yeah, just having a self-care day. <laughs> it's, it's perceived so differently, so differently for, yeah, the same actions but depending on what you look like. But I think that comes a little bit from maybe lack of self-compassion because that hate you project onto other people, like surely you don't hate someone just because they're in a larger body, like especially when you don't know them, what difference does it make to your life? It doesn't, like surely you don't, it's not about that person. It's about you and kind of, you being harsh on yourself I think yeah absolutely and I think we do tend to project our views onto other people and unfortunately just give unsolicited advice no matter who you are what degree you've got what you do for a living we are very very quick to just say things and this is like uh on the episode where we talked about when you were sort of getting trolled on TikTok people (laughs) are so quick to express their feelings when they're behind a screen but how you know if we didn't have screens it's very unlikely that some random person who passed you in the street would come up to you and be like why are you eating that pizza you gluttonous gross person yeah they wouldn't and and because they lack that self-compassion they lack that self-acceptance they think it's almost their duty to project that onto other people so say I don't know I don't like the way I look so how can she like the way she looks like nah and on that as well I think a lot of people maybe mistake self-compassion with oh, it's woo-woo because it's just being kind and it's being gentle. But actually, I think there's two sides to it. It's not, of course, it's always kindness and being kind to yourself, but also sometimes self-compassion might look like, look, you've been stuck in a rut for a week now. You've not moved your body. You are saying that you want to be fit and able to run around and walk up the stairs without feeling so exhausted it's time to actually, you know, it's time to do something. It's time to maybe go out for a walk. It's point, it's calling yourself out, but in a way that, you know, you want what's best for you. It's not, oh, I feel so bad and I should do this because I'm scared that I'm going to gain weight. It's more in terms of, 
no, I actually respect myself enough. I've said that I'm going to do something. So I'm going to do what I said I wanted to do because ultimately it's important that in a few years time, I'm able to walk up the stairs without pain or without feeling exhausted or run after my kids, that sort of thing. But that's exactly how you would say that and frame that um, if your friend had a problem, because imagine, yeah. like, let's say you speak to yourself, oh, you silly cow, you haven't moved all day, go for a walk. You wouldn't walk, have many you friends, would you? If that's like, you wouldn't of say that to a friend. You'd literally probably say like, that's absolutely fine. Don't be so hard on yourself for not moving. Let's go for a walk. Come on, I'll come with you. If you have 10 minutes, let's go for 10 minutes. That's literally what you would say to a friend. You wouldn't say you know, oh, get your stuff together and, you know, you can't be doing this. You wouldn't be this harsh, even when, like, think about how you're giving so-called tough love to your friends. You're never nasty towards them, but why is it so easy for you to be nasty towards yourself? Exactly, and I think our own thoughts dictate our actions as well. So if you keep telling yourself, that you're a failure, that you keep failing or you keep telling yourself, I'm so lazy, I'm so this, I don't enjoy exercise, I don't enjoy it and I keep failing, so what's the point? It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy and you'll end up hating it because you've told yourself, you're in such a negative frame of mind and you keep telling yourself how much you hate it and how much you don't want to do it. So before you even start, you've almost inhibited like the you've almost stopped yourself from just having an open mind and enjoying it because you've already sold this idea in your head that you're not going to enjoy it and that you're going to fail anyways and what's the point whereas if you reframe it and go okay yeah I don't love the gym but I quite enjoy going on a bike ride or I quite enjoy going for a walk I, I quite enjoy walking my dogs and it, that, that's that's fine start there then this is it it's just um I hate how it has such a bad name to it self-compassion like for example today I went for a coffee with my friend and again the way for me to be kind of hashtag tough, tough love but then hashtag compassionate as well was she was telling me about the thoughts she was having um about a breakup she's going through and I was like are you sure this is the fact you know because you you just assume you just assume it and is that that's not helpful to you that is not helpful whatsoever these thoughts are not helpful I said you need to be strict with yourself and just say to yourself no like this isn't a fact this is just you know what my mind is telling me but I have no evidence that that's fact so that's self-compassion as well so knowing when your thoughts are not serving you and almost like acknowledge them but don't pay any attention to them so you know when you have you're having a fad day or whatever mm-hmm. it's like okay accept that you're maybe not feeling okay maybe wear a different outfit maybe what I do when I have a fad day I put my makeup on so my makeup some point because I just do things like little things that make me feel better yeah so by the time I get ready I just feel oh okay got my makeup on you know feeling yourself (laughs) yeah I, I totally agree and it's 
a lot of the time, if we are feeling negative, it's almost like that self-sabotage where, so for, if, if I'm looking at myself for an example, what I used to do is, oh, I'm having a bad body image day. I feel fat. Well, I'm, I, I just feel fat and I am fat. So I may as well just go and eat whatever because this is who I am. And it's like, no, take a step back. You can feel these things. You can acknowledge them but you don't have to act on everything. Like you don't have to act on all of your feelings. It's, it's having a toolbox, isn't it, of how to cope. And I think that is what self-compassion is as well. It's having these things that you can turn to for when you're feeling not 100%, when you're not feeling right, when you're feeling down and just having a few different strategies and eating, let's, Eating is a valid strategy because it does provide comfort in the moment. It's why we turn to food. And it's it's only really problematic if that's your only coping strategy and if it's surrounded by feelings of guilt and shame as well. So it's just going, right, I know that when I feel anxious or when I feel triggered or blah, 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 whatever, I know when I feel this way, the last time that I felt this way, I went for a walk or I put some music on and I just danced in my kitchen. I know that alleviated, that I know that helped. Let me try do that again, rather than almost that self-sabotage behavior of, oh, I hate that I feel this way. I'm just gonna go and do, go and devour all the food in my kitchen, but knowing that that's just gonna make you feel even worse in the long run. Yeah, because really, what's the benefit of being harsh on yourself? When was the last time it actually worked? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like people can say that, oh, self-compassion this, self-compassion this, but is your approach actually working? Yeah. Because if it was working, you probably wouldn't be in the situation now, would you? And it's like, when was the last time someone was so harsh on you that you were like, oh, yeah, I need to, you know, I need to, yeah, I feel so motivated now to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, Never. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen like that at all. And I think self-compassion goes hand in hand. So cereal dieters, yo-yo dieters who are on and off the diet train all the time and they find themselves in that binge restrict cycle. And I think one of the key elements to breaking that is actually self-compassion because say you're you're on a diet and you've restricted a whole load of foods and then ultimately what happens maybe there's a barbecue there's a family event you're going out you have something you can't stop so your solution is I can't believe I did that I hate myself so much I'm going to punish myself I'll just restrict even more tomorrow or I'll just make sure that I'm in a massive calorie deficit now for the, for the next week. And then the cycle continues, right? You, you, you're, you're starving yourself, you're punishing yourself. And then something comes up and you throw in the towel because you've eaten a biscuit and that's it now. And, and the cycle just continues. And to get out of that cycle, you've almost got to go, right, 
this is not benefiting me in any way possible. I've been doing this on and off for years now. Something has got to change. I, even though I have maybe gone over my calories, maybe I completely overate, maybe I lost control, I still deserve to eat tomorrow. I still deserve to fuel my body. I still deserve that self-respect. And that is the first step to like pulling yourself out of that cycle. Because as soon as you stop feeling deprived and restricted, you don't, that urge to overeat goes away because you're not feeling, you know, if, if you want, if you want to have it and it's there, you can have it, that's fine. Whereas if it's not there, you're like fixated on it and you want it, but then you need to punish yourself if you do have it. 100%. And do you know what I was thinking? Like, you know, when clients come to you and like you ask them, well, so why did you come to me now? Like what, what happened? And they always say sort of, oh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just tired of feeling like that. I don't want to be feeling like that anymore. I've spent, I don't know, too long, not moving my body, not looking after myself. All those things come from self-compassion. No one ever came to me and said, well, I'm a fat pig. So I came to you. (laughs) That's never the motivation. Always the motivation is actually comes from a place of self-compassion. I want to feel better. I want to achieve this. I want to do this. This is kind of thinking, okay, I deserve more. And not, oh, I came, I came to you because I want to punish myself for all the food that I've eaten. I've never heard a client say that to me, ever. Oh, no, Nick, that is such a brilliant point. And I've not really thought of it that way. And I guess it comes down to self-awareness as well. So I think there's a few different stages of it. And when you're right in the, like, in the depths and you feel like there's no way out it feels helpless but as soon as you've got that self-awareness and I think as soon as you almost approach a coach or acknowledge that this isn't right something's not right and you are all of a sudden aware that things don't have to be this way that's the first step like asking for help is such a massive massive thing whenever I get inquiries or whenever people message me or just open that point of contact you it's almost you almost know that they're ready to make a change they've acknowledged it they're sick of feeling this way and it it does maybe they think it's come from a place of I hate myself I don't want to be like that anymore but like you say actually it's that realization of no actually I love myself and I know I deserve better and I want to love myself yeah I feel honestly even when I look at my life whenever I've made a change that was always from a place of self-compassion I just didn't know that (laughs) at the time yeah because you realize because you're like you don't realize that this is self-compassion like when I moved to Manchester to to do my physio degree that was always from a place of self-compassion when I started the gym for the first time that was always from the place of self-compassion and then you know when you do it from the place of self-compassion you don't worry about motivation do you because you actually want to look after yourself so it's not a chore this is this is where the motivation comes from self-compassion not from hating yourself because when you hate yourself you don't want to leave your bed so 
you don't want to go on a walk like gym oh my god <laughs> oh exactly and I think this so what you just said there goes hand in hand with sort of that like victim mentality where it's almost like it's just it's harder for me because xyz and it's that person's fault and this has happened to me and now I feel helpless and I don't know what to do or oh I, I just can't be asked to do it now there's no point of doing it and I think as soon as you're compassionate towards yourself uh, it's taking responsibility for your own happiness because shit things might happen to you right in life I'm not saying that and sometimes things do happen and it's not your fault but the way you show up for yourself and the way you handle it that is your responsibility it's taking your happiness into your own hands because if you if your happiness is in the hands of someone else that is scary because your if all of your happiness is in the hands of family members or your significant other or whatever that can be taken away in an instant hopefully it's not but it can be you need to take responsibility for your actions and whatever happens to you yeah just react in a way that is compassionate and just take ownership of yourself yeah take ownership but don't spend the time blaming yourself because sometimes taking people think that taking responsibility equals taking blame no it it can be anyone's fault it doesn't matter whose fault it is you are responsible to even if others did you wrong you are responsible for dealing with it no one else will do it for you and it's like it's the same with your health with your body composition no one else can do it for you so if you really want that you'll have to kind of take action but you have to be compassionate when you do it. So one of the things that my therapist, she always catches me <laughs> saying that, oh, because I should have. And she was like, you what? Yeah. <laughs> like, the should word. So exactly the should. So she always tells me off whenever I speak to my, even if you speak to yourself, it doesn't matter when you speak to other people. It's never, you should have done that. You could have done that, but you chose other things. Yeah. So say, I don't know, you think, about dieting and oh why did I have this meal out I should have just stay home and cook you, you, you should you could have but you chose maybe rather than dieting you chose that the social connection is more important to you you chose that you want to go out and there's nothing wrong with that it was your choice it's not like you should so you know what I mean that someone did that for you it's absolutely fine if anything, what the way you reframe that just then, it's so much more empowering. Reframing it instead of, oh, I should have just, why did I do that? I should have stayed home and cook. But reframing and going, I take ownership of that. I could have stayed home to cook. But yeah, in this moment, I valued the social connect. Yeah, I didn't want to. And that's end of <laughs> as well. You don't need to go hard, go home all the time, grind harder. You know it's fine you don't need to goals change values change and there's no dead like deadline or end point to whatever it's your life on it like it doesn't matter so what if maybe 
you've had two weeks of gallivanting and enjoying some social time and maybe that means two extra weeks of dieting or what who cares it's two weeks it's it's fine if if you, if you value the social connection and going out for drinks with your friends and or maybe just just relaxing for a week or two that's absolutely fine but don't then shame yourself for for doing that and falling victim of oh I don't know why I did that and it's hard for me because this happened and then this happened no take ownership of your decision and move on it and and that that is that is compact that's the compassionate thing to do because you're not being stuck and you're not punishing yourself because as soon as you feel regret and shame and you wallow in it you're punishing yourself you don't need to punish yourself just take ownership go yeah fully yeah I, I did that and it's because this is what I valued at the time cool move on that's fine absolutely fine yeah 100% and it's like with gym with anything like it's not like you should have gone you could have gone you didn't like you chose I don't know oh, I should have gone first thing in the morning well you, sh- you, you could have but you chose to sleep a little bit more because you were tired like there's nothing wrong with that so it's kind of like always think about it when you think you know because those thoughts will creep up because that's just how our mind is sometimes yeah yeah and it's just always be kind of harsh on yourself in a way that no no I'm not not should I could have I could have done whatever I wanted to I could have climbed I don't know Kilimanjaro whatever I could have but I chose not to so it's always I chose something else so you never really do something for no reason. There, there was a reason for it. You've not done it because of something, whether you felt ill or you had some social events. And, and it's okay to prioritize other things above your health at times, but then at times it's okay to prioritize your health above other things. So it's just about thinking what's important to you right now and, and making sure you do the actions, I could always say, that they align with what you want to do, with what you value at this very moment. It's exactly that. I was gonna, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say, (laughs) it's it's like you're in my head, but it's honestly, it's, it's thinking about your whys for your actions. So, and this, I see this a lot with people feeling guilty about skipping the gym. And I hold my hands up to this as well, because especially now with me being ill for the past week and having not exercised it's it's the longest I've gone in a while without hitting the gym but it's like okay but why why do you exercise why do you want to eat healthily you know if if it's because you want to live a longer happier life you want to have energy then that's that's fine so skipping one or two sessions isn't going to mean that you're never going to be able to have that energy and feel healthy again even if it's aesthetic goals even if it is I I want a gym because I do want to lose fat or I do want to build muscle that's absolutely fine but just know that you're not a failure for skipping a couple of sessions every now and then I mean it consistency over time is key so what you do for one or two weeks whether that means taking the pedal off because you are ill because you've got a lot going on or because you've got social occasions 
that's okay. That's absolutely fine. It doesn't mean that you need to, like what we said with the um, all or nothing podcast that we did, doesn't mean that you failed and now you throw in the towel and do the complete opposite. It's just exploring your why for these actions. And if you know why it's important to you, then you'll come back to it. You will You will come back to it. Yeah, and, and like thinking about it, if you think you should have, you probably would have if that was that important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Clearly that wasn't important in that moment in time and that's okay. Like, that's fine. Because if it was like of the biggest importance, you'd probably do it, you know, but there's nothing wrong with prioritizing different things at different times. I think as long as you're living, actually strip it back to basics. A lot of people don't know what their values are or what they actually value in life. So say your values are family, health, having energy, as as long as your actions align with those, you won't feel guilty for what you do because you know that you're living in line with your actions and you're being compassionate and looking after yourself because you know that you're living in line with your values. I think actually sitting down and going, what, what do I stand for? What are my values in life? And do my actions align with these values? Like for, for you, as in not you personally, but just in general. So like, for you, Kinga. Okay. <laughs> for, for, for the listener in general. So say one your biggest value is family, but then you're hopping on a really, really, really restrictive diet, which means that you can't sit down with your family at mealtimes. The two don't the the two don't mix right because if you are saying that family is your biggest value and you value that time with them and dinner time sitting down at the table with your family is a the highlight of your day going on a diet where you're isolating yourself because you can't eat what your family are eating and whatever you can't go out for meals with them at restaurants you're not going to be able to do that for very long because it doesn't align with your values and that's not what you want. So you, it's, it's just not going to be sustainable. So a lot of people, I think, say, oh, I want this, but then it doesn't quite align with their values, but that's fine. It's just being aware of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, if you were to kind of explain how did self-compassion change your approach to life what would you say oh in so many ways it it just made me feel so much more content and happier in myself because I wasn't everything I was doing so before exercise was a punishment I would use food as a punishment whether that was restricting it or only eating oh god do you I don't know if you've ever had them but they were those like naked noodles or like naked rice it was literally you know because I was like oh carbs are bad or whatever so it was like food was a punishment whether that was literally with my food choices or not eating or movement became punishment for something I ate or to burn off calories but then as soon as you reframe that and you go and show compassion towards your body as well and go my body doesn't deserve this my my body as soon as I 
I think the switch was when I started practicing like gratitude and just being grateful for the things that my body does and becoming aware that my body doesn't look a certain way for anyone else and my body does a lot more than just it's not for other people to look at it's not for me to look at and for to critique it's allowing me to do so so many things and the way you look is just such a tiny component of who you are because you're so much more than just a body yeah definitely I think for me I think it actually helped me help me take action in general because I found myself due to lack of self-compassion I just wouldn't take action yeah because I would think that I'm gonna fail but now uh, you know I just I was, just wasn't kind to myself and I would just beat myself up over the smallest things that are completely out of my control by the way but yeah. I would do that all the time and like I don't know doing a lot of things in life I just wouldn't do them at all and I think a lot of people feel like that even with diet and exercise that they don't even start the gym because of that mindset that they don't really like themselves very much they're not very compassionate towards themselves so they just think they're gonna fail so they don't start I think that was me kind of I just wouldn't do things because I was convinced I'm gonna fail and do you think that comes down to holding yourself if like being a perfectionist or having such high expectations of yourself so where you almost shoot yourself in the foot because you're like well if I can't do it 100% if I can't be perfect then what's the point I may just not do it and it's that is so flawed in itself because you're not going to do something and then the first time you do it be amazing at it you've got to practice and you're probably going to fail and you're going to feel silly and you're going to mess up a few times but that's exactly how you learn and that's where you grow that's where the growth comes from and it's not it's not shying away from that fact it's going okay that didn't work this time maybe I should try this maybe I should try this maybe I should try that and that's where you grow that's I guess it comes down to enjoying the process and not being so fixated on what the end goal is and just going do you know what I'm here for the ride I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to see, see what I like, see what I don't like, see what sticks and just, just surrender a little bit and not need to control absolutely everything and not think that you've got to get it bang on or get to the big end goal in a certain time frame. It's just stepping back and going, I'm here for the long term. It's going to take however long it takes. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, it was kind of the reason why I was so harsh on myself um, was just how I was brought up at home. So that was kind of the mindset that I was taught to have almost. And I just didn't know any different because I was always told off when things are not were not perfect. Yeah. Um, even though you, what does perfect even mean? But <laughs> it, is, oh, yeah. it is hard. But so that's kind of that's what I'm doing now. I've I've been really focusing all on on relearning everything, relearning that mindset. And I think that made me. I think I, I cried for the first time when I kind of felt like I genuinely support myself. I cried because 
I had no idea why up until this point of me being 27 years old. So for 27 years, I have not showed myself this much, you know, this self-compassion. And I was just hard on myself and I would just criticize myself. And I just started crying, like, just because I felt sad and I felt sorry. And I was just like, why did I even treat myself like that? Because I think, and I can say kind of from results point of view, I achieved so much since my mindset switched because I'm actually taking action (laughs) and I'm not crying about it if it doesn't work out I'm just like oh okay let's try it from this angle let's try it from this angle so I'm happy to try I'm happy to make those mistakes and not you know scrutinize yourself for making those mistakes I think exactly and I think as well if if you're a bit sort of what is self-compassion feels a bit weird if you look at what the other option is it is so much more exhausting and so much more tiring being horrible to yourself you've got to live in your in your mind 24 7 so if it's a place where you're constantly talking yourself down you're constantly being horrible to yourself it's going to foster just real negative emotions for yourself for your relationships towards others like it's going to spread it's going to be so much more exhausting than being compassionate and being kinder you literally have nothing to lose by just trying to be nicer to yourself because if, if you're if you feel like you need that tough love and stuff all the time and I don't I don't, I think tough love actually is a form of self-compassion if it's done in the right way. Yeah. But yeah, I just think, I just think it's so much more tiring and so much more exhausting being horrible to yourself. And it's, it's just starting really, really small and calling yourself out on it. So I used to, every single time, I used to go to the bathroom and this is a habit of, I can't even tell you how long I did this for. It would have been, and sometimes I still do it because the habit is so ingrained, probably about 13 years I did it. Every time I went to the bathroom, I would lift my shirt up and look at my stomach and just rip rip myself to pieces. So instead of, to, to sort of try beat that and be more, compassionate every time I went to the bathroom and I was about to do that I would actually say like a positive affirmation to myself or even just say stop like say out loud stop I'm not doing that and walk out and it does take it's quite difficult because when something is a habit and it's almost autopilot you just do it but become aware of it and call physically call yourself out or have an action so the thing with habits like you can't just get rid of it. You need to replace it with something. So every time I went to the bathroom, it would be positive affirmation or do something. And the amount of times I body check now, I mean, it's it's really, it's reduced. So sometimes I like if I'm having a bad day because body image is related to how we feel, right? So sometimes it, it still happens. I'm human, but... I know that if I do do it and if those negative thoughts come up, 
I don't feel, I don't fall victim to it anymore. I'm like, right, okay, what am I feeling? Anxious, why? Oh, because that happened earlier. Okay, cool. I'm not gonna, you know, you don't, you don't act on it. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think self-compassion and developing that self-compassionate mindset is probably the single best thing you can do for yourself. If you, if you, if you really want to reach your full potential, I think this is the way to go. This is almost the only way to go, I think, because I genuinely do not believe that you can build a happy, fulfilling life from a place of hate. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. So what would you say for our listeners then? What would your sort of top tip be for developing self-compassion? I think the first thing, for example, I've done, I think that quite helped me slowly start reframing is whenever I felt I was being harsh on myself, I would just note down, what would I say to a friend in the exact same situation? And I think that's a really great start towards self-compassion. There's probably more things you could do. There's some books you can read. We can link them in in the podcast description if you'd like to have a, a read. But I think at first, it just feels so unnatural. So I think the best first step would be just to ask yourself, would you, like, okay, I'm saying that to myself. Would I say it to anyone else? Would I say it to my friend? And if not, what would I actually say to my friend in that exact situation? I absolutely love that. And I would say, I would say mine is similar, actually. Again, you just took my words out of my mouth. But as well... Stop placing all of your self-worth on like your appearance and, and stuff and really practice gratitude. So that was a game changer for me. And again, sounds super woo-woo, sounds super like, oh, practice gratitude. But actually write down three things, like before you go to bed, write down three things that you are grateful for. And it just makes you look for the positive rather than looking for the negative all the time so a lot of the time we're so prone to trying to dig out the negative that something positive can happen and we we don't we don't bat an eyelid so actually look for the positive look for the good things could be tiny doesn't have to be massive things but just acknowledge them and just just start there start by acknowledging the good stuff you know when people say oh gratitude this gratitude that well would you rather be ungrateful (laughs) exactly yeah I don't know why you're doing it yeah would you rather would you rather rather me be ungrateful because then you're gonna call me like spoiled or ungrateful or whatever so like decide (laughs) you can't win though never you do you girl (laughs) (laughs) well we hope that was helpful we hope that we gave you a nice kind of overview what self-compassion is what it isn't how it kind of helped transform our lives and where you can start to kind of start implementing that um for yourself exactly and kinga where can people find you if they want to have a chat if they want to sign up to coaching at kinga underscore fulminate fitness and on instagram come have a chat um tell me kind of what you've what you enjoyed about the podcast tell me if it helps you tell me if you have any questions um we can have a nice chat in them dms what about you tyra so mine just on instagram as well just tyra greenwood underscore pt 
and same come have a chat come let me know how if you need any help with self-compassion if you want to sign up for coaching link is in the bio but yeah thank you so much for tuning in guys thank you very much bye bye bye